Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Now and Then with Brad and Isaiah. It's your host, Isaiah. I know, it's a little weird. I'm, you're probably hearing me, no Brad. You're thinking, oh, is this a bonus? No, 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 no. Uh, sadly, Brad and I couldn't link up this week. Um, we had some technical issues, life issues, um, but thoughts and prayers with him right now. Um, sending him all my love, and I hope you are too audience peoples um but um we will definitely link up and get together soon um but we got a now and then then episode coming up down the pipe right now so you know we'll we'll divide and conquer here a little bit most likely um but my week before we get into some news because you know we got a lot of that um pretty good it was a good week um I ate some food, you know, as always, you know, I like to do that, some food corner, if you will. Um, My friend had a birthday party at Caruso's. It was an Italian restaurant. And um, yeah, we ate some Italian food. I had uh, some meatballs, uh, lots of bread. Um, I did a little bartering with the apps and whatnot. So I got an arancini which is like a fried rice ball of some kind. Um, That was all right. That was interesting. Um, What else was on the menu? I had a fried ravioli. Uh, Then I got pizza margarita for the first time. And honestly, since I'm a little wee boy and I watched uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, there's a season where they talk about that pizza. And I was so confused. I really thought you like, he was talking about, dude was talking about eating a pizza and a margarita. No, it's just how it's made with like basil and, so I honestly I can't explain why it is what it is. I'm gonna be honest, but it was pretty good. It was fine. Um, you know, no meat, but that was good. Um, you know, I, it kind of worked out the way I kind of ate my way through the night. I was like, all right, this this is perfect. Um, she had a good time. So overall, that was a good vibe. Um, work is ramping up, like I said before in the uh, bonus. If you listened, if you didn't listen, um, but yeah, so. Life is happening, stuff and whatnot. Um, getting about time for Thanksgiving. So I'm starting to think about like, you know, foods I'm about to eat. You know, I'm shifting into sweet potato casserole mode, um, which is a peak for me. I love that. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about some news. Let's uh, schmoji up. Just some articles. Um, I randomly uh, got this down the pipeline it's from WKBN News. Um, I'm not really familiar with the source, but this is something that kind of came up out of Texas and Missouri. And a serial killer, a suspected serial killer, was arrested um, in Missouri. Uh, yeah, Missouri, Kansas. So, I mean, oh, Missouri and Kansas. I'm sorry. I'm over here putting them together like I'm not from Missouri. <laughs> but um, I was really surprised to hear and see this, but at the same time, kind of not. Uh, Brad and I have kind of had that conversation of like, do you think serial killers are kaput? Do you think the age of a serial killer is over? And I think, no, I think it's just going to be less common in this kind of, you know, time in our lives, in this kind of time of society. Um, But Richard, or not Richard, uh, Perez Reed, 25 years old, um, he was shooting victims with the same 40 caliber gun. And the victims died from their wounds. 
Um, he is uh, a man from St. Louis County. Um, and they arrested him while he was traveling by train from Kansas City back to St. Louis at a stop in Independence, Missouri. Um, and he had the gun in his possession. Sorry, I'm fighting back a sneeze. Um, one of the victims was a 16-year-old girl named Marnie Hayes. Uh, she was shot on September 13th. Also, there was a shooting of Lester Robinson on September 26th. He was 40 years old. Um, and... He is also accused of a third shooting in St. Louis County that left a person with permanent disabilities. Um, let's see. I believe there's more people on here as well. Um, uh, St. Louis City Police said Monday that they plan to seek charges against Reed in the recent suiting deaths of 49-year-old Pamela Abercrombie and 24-year-old Casey Ross. Um, so it says that the investigators kind of match it to read because it matches the same manner, distinctive manner. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's any other like connections, I believe. So, um, I mean, we'll keep you posted if there's any more, um, you know, murders or shootings that he's connected to, but, um, I thought that was definitely interesting and wanted to bring it up. Um, also, a thing that popped up this week was there is a border crisis. There is a border crisis going on along the Belarus-Poland border. Um, this is kind of a powder keg situation that I didn't really know about until now. Um, you know, it's smoke time. But... I'll try to simple, simplify this as much as I can, being it's like one of these like geopolitical quagmire clusterfuck situations. Um, but essentially, there have been migrants that have been moving from the Middle East and Asia. Um, they've been moving along and forming, and they've been trying to get to Poland to go kind of beyond that and, you know, get to more places in Europe that are just safer from their areas. Um, and in doing so, it is believed that initially Belarus, um, kind of helped funnel in people. Um, and also the leader is Alexander Lukashenko. Um, we've talked about him a little bit. I believe there was a press journal situation where they stopped the whole plane to get this guy and, um, brought him back to their, uh, country to do God knows what to him. Um, cause he was accused of, you know, seditious acts, yada, 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 you know, against the country. So this is the guy we're kind of dealing with, but he's alleged and, you know, the Belarus is alleged of kind of funneling these people to the border to kind of make it a scene. Um, they haven't had any concrete proof so much of that in terms of like, oh, the, they directly said, Hey, you go here, you do this. And, you know, you're fine. But, like, it's one of those situations where they've been led in taxis, convoys have been there, stopped, you know, dropped off, and that's it. And then they can't come back. So they're not allowed back once they get dropped off. And Poland, on the other end, is not allowing people to come through. They're like, no, we can't take these people. This this isn't what we want. And then not to mention the Polish president, Andrzej Duz, 
Andres Duda. I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, but uh, honestly, I'm not a big fan of this guy, apparently. Um, they are very right. He's a very white ring president. And also, apparently, that is a big, strong sentiment. And um, they're very nationalist. And they're very like, no, we don't want these people here. We don't want these migrants here. And um, they're really rallying and saying, yeah, this is definitely what we want. Keep them out. And um, despite this being like just, I mean, in my opinion, just a really tragic situation. And obviously, I'm definitely not one to talk as an American. We all saw, we covered the situation in Haiti. Um, I mean, that shit was terrible. Um, We're over here trying to talk about, well, was it a whip or was it not? You're literally shooing these people away. Like, you, you are abusing these people away from your border and you're saying, oh, well, you know, we're doing it for health reasons. Like, no. Like, come on. So, you know, it's sad to see this anywhere. Um, and it just seems like both sides are really not doing anything. They're trying not to budge. Um, you know, I know, you know, we did mention again, like Alexander Lukashenko. Um, he does seem to have a chip on his shoulder a little bit because, I mean, they're going through sanctions because of that event kind of like highlighted the situation and the atrocities and stuff like that. So there's been sanctions going on. As well as this, it's kind of doubled up. So both sides are blocking travel. So like you can't take a plane to go to either place right now. And it's just, it's a big quagmire. Um, I went to CNN and I found a big, long timeline to kind of describe this whole situation. That kind of helped put it perspective. And I imagine they might keep updating it, but it goes up to the 12th of November. So um, like I said, we'll definitely try to keep you posted with more lots of guts and details to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, these migrant situations are really tough. They're really hard to see because these people are really trying to just find a place to get work, to live a life, you know, to live a, just a dream. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like these people are here to steal jobs or do things untoward to people. Like these aren't the unclean, unwashed masses. These are people who are just trying to make a good life for themselves and their family. Um, and it's sad that like, they're not getting that opportunity that they're dying for it. Um, cause that's definitely just been a strong motif and, you know, th- there's been bodies washing up to shores in these kind of situations. There's bodies in terms of just like things that are unfolding. Cause I mean, these people are living in like really terrible situations with bad weather, you know, already happening with, you know, Poland, Polish winter, you know, on the horizon. It's just, it's not good you know um and not to mention you know like i said not any good aid so uh real shitty um but we're going to go back hop skip back to america real quick i got to talk about joss gruden he's piping up um i got this from tmz sports um but josh gruden is suing the nfl and roger goodell uh for destroying his career so i mean some might say that this is kind of a self-inflicted wound, but the long short of it is pretty much he's saying, hey, you guys are doing this all this investigating, but really these leaks were, um, I love how he put it. He characterizes the whole thing as a Soviet-style character assassination. That's, mm, that's mwah, poetic. <laughs> I'm glad that Gruden hasn't lost a step. <laughs> he's a real wordsmith as well as a coach. Um but yeah, he's pretty much saying this is all just a big smokescreen. 
Um, there's been sexual allegations in the Washington football team. Um, and they're trying to like just throw Josh uh, Gruden. Uh, is it Josh? John? I'm forgetting his name already. Gosh, God damn. God damn. It's John. I'm sorry, John. Um, they're throwing John Gruden's name under the bus to make up for stuff like this and cover their own ass. And um, so I guess this lawsuit is really just going to try to go to balance the scales there. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, obviously I have no sympathy for the guy. and um, But I will say he is right in definitely saying like, hey, I'm not the only one who's saying and doing quote unquote bad things. Like he's, he's definitely right on the mark there. There are definitely other people that did not get leaked, that did not get talked about, that should be on the hook just as much as him for sure. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, we'll keep you posted if anything like that does happen and if there's any traction with this uh, lawsuit. Um, but yeah, just as quickly as we are in the States, we're going to leave it. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about China and um, more specifically Xi Jinping, um, which I'm probably never saying that name right, but I love trying and I, I do love that name. I'm not going to lie. Xi Jinping just hits. Um, but, um, he is rewriting history, which is something I'm, I've just been kind of learning about this week because it was an apparent thing that happened in China, which I know it's like, people are going, what? Oh, but it's, this is something that obviously one happens in every country. It's just, it doesn't get an actual big day or a big announcement for it, but pretty much you know, Xi Jinping is being on the face of it. And this has only happened apparently in China two other times uh, with Mao Zedong and also um, Ding Xiaoping. I'm trying. I'm trying to hit these names. Um, let's see. Uh, respectively, um, in 1945 and 1981 with both of them. Um, but essentially, these are kind of like big kind of party announcements. These are big kind of party statements that are really laying the groundwork, the foundation, the narrative of what the Communist Party is in China. And uh, learning about this has been pretty cool. Um, it's definitely one of those things where Mao had kind of definitely came out and his narrative was very socialist. It's very saying, this is what we are as a Communist Party. Like, exactly. So you got to see it. And that's something that, as for me, learning about this, I can definitely kind of, I've been learning about, like, I I automatically kind of say, well, it's communism. It's all the same. So, like, what happened in, in the Soviet Russia is the same thing that happened in China. Same, same. No, they're not the same. Like, there's a strong difference in how it's all laid out. And Mao is, you know, when you actually look at it, it's very different. Um, and Mao really put that out on a scale in that moment with that resolution. And Deng Xiaoping then went and said, okay, you know, this is 1981. He's seeing where we are. And like, there's been, you know, there's definitely blowback or drawback to how Mao did it. There was pros and there was cons. And he's like, well, now I'm going to do some reforms. I'm going to say, we're going to make some changes. And, um, we're going to go from here. And this is the new narrative. And it was a big deal. It was apparently something, and this is obviously something where people, you know, lefties are maybe get mad at me and they can hit me up in the DMs and correct me. You know, I, I'm always trying to learn and, and get this right. So I understand it can say it better as well. Um, but um, it was definitely kind of something that was 
more of a hybridization. So it's still in socialism. He wasn't trying to sit there and say that that's wrong. It's just saying, hey, this is going to be something that's going to ensure our growth and push us further. And now with Xi Jinping, he is saying, hey, look, we did both those things, but now we are here. We've arrived. We're doing it. Like we're strong and we're going to start showing that strength. And this is the path that we're on. And, you know, also kind of acknowledging that he is a strong and big pivotal part of it, which is a big part of this too, because apparently he's at the end of his term and instead of stepping down, it's definitely looking like, no, he is a key member. He is a key important piece. So he needs to keep going as this great man in the party. So, you know, definitely a big declaration. He's putting himself up there, top dog, top three, you know. Um, and I mean, it's seeming that he's earned it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm doing my best to kind of learn bits of pieces of history and then bits and pieces of government and how things work. Um, but I, I, I'm doing it little by little. I also still picking up my little treats and daily things that I, I like to listen to and learn. Um, but this was a big deal. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And um, he also announced, uh, I believe that they're having a party Congress, the 20th one, it's going to be in Beijing. Um, and I imagine that that's going to be another big talking point deal. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you posted if anything else comes up. Um, but we also have a little bit of a extra thing to China. I've mentioned this a little bit before about Evergrande. Um, but pretty much they dodged another bullet um, because they aren't getting initially bailed out, but they were able to come up with like what was called a coupon payment, which was something I was like, okay, so what's that? But I, I guess it's like something of like, a interest paid type of payment to the shareholder of sorts because at first i was kind of like it's an iou but it's like no it's it's like a full payment so these were overdue coupon payments that they were able to pay at the last minute so i mean they're they are keeping themselves in play um but luckily them doing this um even though they're still like very far behind i'd be like what is it they're grappling with more than $300 billion in liabilities, and um, $19 billion is international market bonds, which also kind of gets into why we're so worried about this. Um, also, I got this um, um, info from, what is the name? Uh, the Daily Sabah, which I think is a pretty neat name for a um, website article place news thing i'm i'm blanking you know i'm high um but essentially so yeah they dodged the bullet and um you know but they're still in the soup they're still gotten to swim through it but essentially though it is looking like even though there's fear of a hard landing um so to speak um you know by us the fed and also you know just people worldwide because it's like okay we're all involved in this also hearing too it was kind of so odd to hear some of the stuff that like the CEO, um, I don't remember his name, but like he kind of became like a little bit of a jet setter, like when they blew up, when Evergrande blew up and had like all this money. And um, he was really flaunting it, like doing these crazy trips. Like it was like the kind of thing that would make like um, the dude from Wolf on Wall Street blush. Like I was like, wow. Um, and just thinking about that in the lens of a communist situation, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's not that's not what you should be doing, bro. 
So it's definitely like understandable why it's like, yeah, we're not bailing them out. Like on paper, that is the the narrative. But um, and then that would then mean if they do go, you know, bankrupt, they do go bust, um, they don't get paid out, like all this is gonna start a terrible chain reaction. That's gonna be no good. But um uh regulators though have been saying like hey that the risks are going to be controllable um that the excess um like credit stuff is going to be corrected um so apparently with that and then being able to scrape up to make this money you know you know happen for this payment it's kind of boosted a little bit of trust so um you know, sometimes image is everything when it comes to like being rich and maintaining your your business stability, which is crazy. Um, but that's business, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, it looks like they're still in the game. Uh, I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. It definitely seems like it's on like a teeter totter, teeter totter. Every like couple months, they seem to be making the news about it. So, um, you know, I will keep you guys posted. Uh, and last but not least, I got some good news. Um, it's quote unquote hashtag freed Brittany. Um, I thought that was really fucking great news to find out at the end of the week. Um, I believe she had her final hearing on Friday and judge, uh, Brenda Penny, uh, she terminated the conservatorship and it was effective immediately. So she's free. And I thought that was really sweet. Earlier this week, before she got to see her kids, and like she was happy, they were they were smiling. Um, and the Instagram picture that I didn't see, like one of them had like the full fucking uh, mask on, so he was like looking like skied out, so I couldn't see him. But um, they all looked happy. I thought that was adorable. Um, she did put up a uh, a quote, um, and it's got a lot of emojis in it. But it is very wholesome. It is on her Instagram. Um, there's no boobies, so you don't have to worry about that. It's safe for work. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I this has been a crazy story, a crazy ride, and I'm sure there's gonna be more to it because um, I mean she has alluded to, hey, like I would like to file for criminal abuse about my conservatorship. So I'm I'm curious if she is gonna go through with that. Um, but right now, I think it's just basking in the glow. It's about being happy. I'm going to definitely burn one uh, for Brittany. Uh, hashtag freed Brittany. Um, so, yeah, that was a good positive vibe. Good positive beat for the um, the weekend. Um, and I hope you guys had a good weekend uh, to yourselves. I hope you guys have a great one. I hope you guys stay warm. Um, stay safe. Um, oh, gosh. We got uh, all that social stuff. We got a Patreon, uh, now then podcasting, patreon.com. Uh, you can leave $5 tip. That tip, you know, get you a shout out. We'll shout you on this podcast. We'll say your name, say your name. Um, you know, we won't be shady in calling you baby. No, we wouldn't change. Okay, I did that just for you. That could happen. Um, $5, $10. I don't know why I'm doing this bad accent. I'm problematic. Um, Let's see what else we got. We got a Instagram that's now and then podcast. Um, we got a Facebook that's now Brad at, and Facebook. I don't know dot com. Probably just Facebook. You'll find it in the meta. Uh, then we got a Twitter that's now underscore Brad. Um, pretty much we just put all the you know stuff you can you can find our little Spotify and stuff there. Speaking of Spotify, we got Spotify. We got a Apple Podcast. Smash that 
follow button bell thingy apparatus for our algorithm so you can see us, keep up with us, uh, rate us on the Apple podcast because that's the thing to do. Top five, top five, top five, five stars. Um, that's what we want. <laughs> Uh, what else can we do? How else can I shield to you? No, I think that's it. Um, I'm just, like I said, I still got to smoke for Brittany. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to get out of here. I wish I had like, you know, a good audio. I feel like Brad would be hitting me with that right now. Um, but yeah, you know the deal. We're all lucky. We're all stars. But don't cry, cry, cry. Have a good night. Have a good time. Love you guys. Mwah.